Hello and welcome to Q and A Quest episode uh, whatever. Uh, so. Probably one eighty six or one eighty seven. Been a while. Maybe we'll leave this one unnumbered because it's a very special episode. I'm your host Mike Apps, aka Wheels, and with me as always, David McBurney, found my master, lost in a spider web. And your man in Japan, Michael Baker, Gaijin Minogatari. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the 28th episode of Slime Time, an official Dragon Quest Dragon's Den podcast. This is Platy M3. And this is Liam Land. Thank you guys for uh, joining us tonight. Um, Slime Time and Q&A Quest uh, crossover event here. And yeah, thanks that it couldn't be done. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now I am regretting not making up a parody of Howdy Duty Time theme song to go with this. <laughs> There's still time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will preface this with the fact that I may have to actually leave early, but I swear it's a good excuse. I was actually able to, I'm in Japan right now, and I was actually able to get a reservation for the newly reopened uh, Luida's Bar in Akihabara. Um, mm. So I'm going to be going later today. Cool. Well, I actually have a lesson to teach in one hour and ten minutes, or I have to leave in an hour and ten minutes. I've got an hour and a half before the lesson starts. <laughs> that is also a good excuse. Yes. <laughs> like your First time we've ever had two job. people in Japan on this, on this show, by the way. I'm going to say we bumped up the percentage. You're usually at 33%. Now you're at 40. Look at that. Yay. <sighs> Let's get this started. Yeah. yeah. What have we all been playing? I'm kind of embarrassed to say, to be honest. Uh-oh. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm embarrassed every day. <laughs> well, no, just a week or two back when I was um, discussing the uh, fake-out in not actually an ending for Batbarian that I was playing Still at the time. Still going. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, I mean, I beat it over a week ago. I okay. put the review out the other day. Um, no, um, somebody else mentioned, oh, yeah, this other Metroidvania that they'd heard of had um, a similar fake-out ending and got really tough afterwards. And um, I can say right now that, no, it does not actually get really tough afterwards. Uh, it was actually a pretty easy game all the way through, and I'm currently trying to figure out how to beat the final boss. Uh, the only problem is that it is also incredibly sketchily um, arrow-gay. Ah! Uh, oh, lovely. Yeah, so... Um, quest after dark. Yes, pretty much. I mean, it's it's a fun game, and I am grateful that the some of the illustrations only show up on specific instances and that my wife has not caught me playing this yet <laughs> so at, well, least not, at least not during the loading our... screen when you actually have to be concerned about somebody looking over your shoulder because otherwise it's pretty tame don't destroy all of our glorious sponsors sponsorship deals by telling us what this is <laughs> wait we have sponsorship deals did no one tell me listen i'm still working out the contracts you'll find out later <laughs> Yeah, I actually, I, I typically go in and uh, into our podcast towards the end and just pitch a random product that I like, like Bake Lays, and then just hope that they'll give us some money someday. <laughs> oh, man, that's did good. Did we do idea. the Victoria's I, Secret one? I thought we had that. Oh, yeah, we did that. Yeah, Matt, that was you. Yep. <laughs> I thought we did something for the Abunai Mizuki. Uh, so I'm currently playing through uh, Dragon Warrior 4 with my three-year-old. Um, so we played through the uh, first um, three games earlier this year. Uh, and um, I started the game uh, with Ragnar's chapter, like right before we got on the plane with him. And now we're in, right now we're, I'm teaching him capitalism as Taloon the arms merchant in chapter three. 
which version are you playing out of curiosity? That sounds like uh, the NES yeah. version. Yeah, that's the original NES version. Nice. I'm, I'm, I, I want him to experience it kind of as I have and just kind of see the progression of how things slowly get better. So we'll play the Super Famicom uh, um, Dragon Quest V next. Nice. So you've played through all four of them this year, haven't you? Yep. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I, I've been playing through them the past thirty years over and over again. So, um, it's just something that I'm kind of. I, I want him to experience them as well and kind of grow up with that. Um, so that's another thing we've actually been doing lately because we were. I was walking uh, through a grocery store the other day, and and I'm keenly aware of when I see a slime. You know, my subconscious <laughs> picks up a slime. There's a slime, and uh, and. I, I, I saw these bath bombs, and uh, so I, I just I've grabbed like a store. whole bunch of I those. What you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're fantastic. Uh, so you just you, there's a um, and we didn't fully realize that we kind of had a, a um, an an idea that there would be a toy inside once the bath bomb dissolves, and there totally is. So <laughs> yeah. I bought I bought six of them. They've got a slime version, and then they've got the um, uh, boss version with uh, the potential for Dragon Lord Malroth and uh, um, Zoma, and then they threw in like a couple of like you can get a junk prize so if this was a gotcha game you'd most likely get the slime uh and not one of those not one of those uh like 30 dollars worth of bath bombs right there yes yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> i would like the idea was i was gonna sell a couple when i get back but then i was just like nah screw that i'm gonna use all of them so but uh we started so we started taking a couple of videos and my son got really excited and we got a couple of toys out of it and then last night um because i'm working on new york time so i work from 11 p.m to 7 a.m and then uh and then i sleep for a couple hours and get up and do podcasts uh and (laughs) so i'm sleeping last night and my wife uh gets me up because she's about to take the kids out for a walk and she's like hey by the way he like opened all the rest of them (laughs) in the middle of the night my three-year-old climbed up onto the onto the bathroom cabinet and just like housed like all of them just like took them all out i'm surprised oh, like God. if he if he knew how to turn the water on in the tub you would have like just dissolved everything just wake up to a <laughs> yes. giant giant mess i i'm familiar with this sort of thing yes yeah but anyway to make a, a, a short story long we're playing dragon warrior 4 cool. <laughs> but yeah um check out some if you see like a second street or a melon books check those out and see if they have anything um secondhand because there are a lot of slime plushies in this country and a lot of them have gone to secondhand stores oh, they, need nice. a good they need a good yeah one. yeah i'll check it out i haven't seen many around here but we used to live in uh shizuka not too far from uh uh hard off and uh and they had like a, a ton of used dragon quest stuff games and and toys <laughs> did we ever get right. the name of the game that michael's playing no we did not <laughs> No, um, I am playing. I have been playing something that's kind of like Dragon Quest. Even has the word <laughs> "dragon" in the title. Yakuza like a dragon. Oh, nice. Yeah, I have been. Uh, someone on this show has been prodding me to try and play this series multiple times, hmm. and I yeah, think I this... think for at least six years of the stage. Yes, and <laughs> I wasn't me. Oh. I bought a bunch of them and just enjoyed it some enjoyed them somewhat, but never kind of stuck with them. And I think this is going to be the one to do it because uh, I absolutely love this game. Uh, and uh, obviously, there's a lot of parallels to Dragon Quest because 
Uh, yeah, they're clearly making lots of little references there, but the battle system has actually been really surprising to me because in addition to being like very Dragon Quest-ish, especially with the job system and everything and lots of other little nods, like um, just got the one of, one of the characters who's, I guess, supposed to be like a mage class because he has a summon spell that summons pigeons to attack an enemy. Uh when he uh, when he uh, attacks, he restores MP with his weapons. And having just been playing some Dragon Quest XI, I was like, "Oh, I see. <laughs> That's pretty cool." Does, does so, he have an umbrella? Is that his yep. wand? Yes. Heard of this character? Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, but the battle system actually has a little bit of like uh, the Mario RPG series in it, and just. Uh, it's got like button presses when you use kills skills and stuff. It's got like that the timing block you can do when enemies attack you, and it just adds like a lot, a lot to that kind of battle system. And uh, I mean, I, I had only watched trailers for the game, so I don't know if they previewed this or or anything, but I was pretty surprised to see that. And it's it really helps make the battle system super engaging. So. Um, looking forward to playing a lot more of that. It's it's a really good game, and the the voice acting is really good because uh, that that's definitely one of the things that's held me back from the series in the past. You know, not that I haven't played games that are like with no dub, uh, but you know, with in a game like this that has so much story to it, it does it does help a lot. So, cool. Do, would you recommend it as an entry point to the Yakuza series? Uh, uh, specifically for DQ fans? I would say so, because it seems to be doing it for me. It's a new character, so there isn't like a lot of uh, baggage of maybe feeling like you're missing out on things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was definitely, uh, so far as I can tell, designed to sort of shed the amount of... The, the feeling of needing to have played the previous ones, which is probably part of why... Like, in Japan, it was called uh, Ryuga Gotoku 7, but in America, they made the perhaps wise choice that, since it was clean slating just about everything else, that they could drop the number off of it. Yeah, I th- and I think it's yeah, a smart choice. And yeah, and it it's, certainly makes me want to go back and play some of the other titles. Uh, I'm trying to pick up a few of them before they they get rare like that uh that collection of three or five i'm worried is going to disappear especially as people hopefully people play this and kind of get into the series uh but it's a series that seems to have been growing in popularity for a while now and i think i can't see how this isn't going to help that a lot because people are just raving about it cool ah does my heart Uh... so i have a question because i thought i've seen this a couple places that they kind of explain away the change in the battle system from just being a brawler to this because the hero, he feels that he's a Dragon Quest hero. So when yes. he starts getting in fights, it all just seems like a turn-based Dragon Quest game to him. That's what life turns into. Yes, he, he talks about that like very early on in the game. It's pretty funny. <laughs> he, uh, he has access to a hero class. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, this will definitely be something I get into next year. As I learned, uh, just kind of looking at my uh, gameplay this year, I've played exactly one game that was released in 2020, brand new. So uh, <laughs> keeping keeping on pace, I'll probably get to this in the next year or two. But it's definitely on my radar. Yeah, it's 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 been great, and it's it's um, 
the game I got to, since there isn't a lot that's like Xbox Series X ready, it's the game I got to kind of play around with that. And uh, there are no load times, so that is awesome. <laughs> that's definitely one thing I can say for... Uh, I only have a PS5 at this point, but uh, that's definitely one thing I can say for it, is that whenever I'm playing something, it's like, oh... I don't have to, like, suddenly I don't have time to check messages or text or whatever, because it's like, oh, well, that already yeah. loaded. Well, yeah, I've almost missed that. Like, I, I guess I'm one of the lucky people that got both systems, but yeah, uh, playing Miles Morales, which I just beat last night, um, like, I would, like, go to look at my phone when I click continue, and it's like, oh, it's already loaded. <laughs> I've been doing the Spider-Man uh, remaster before I dive into Miles uh, Morales. Nice. And, uh, okay. Miles is so good. so good. Oh, I believe it. But, yeah. Uh, well, that, that was something that stuck out to me when I unlocked Fast Travel. Like, I recall the original having, like, kind of a cute load screen where you would see Spider-Man standing on the subway. Yeah, I almost, I almost yeah, wish they I, I just wish put that, that in there anyway. Yeah, I wish that was a way to see that. Because it's a really funny load screen. It, it's just gone because there's no need for it anymore. <laughs> see, this is the things we're missing now that video games are being slightly more convenient. Yeah, well, I can, I can assure you, <laughs> despite the speed of these new systems, if you're anyone that plays Minecraft, it is still slow as butt to load. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one day they'll optimize it for series x uh, it's, I, would, I would like them to optimize it for something <laughs> optimize it for humans yeah I, I mean obviously when that game is loaded it it's fine you know it's just the initial load time to load up that game i don't know what it's doing <laughs> Someone, I wish someone could explain to me. I think it's preloading every little square. Yeah, every little my, block. my stupid theory, which probably isn't true, is that they're still running Java code and they're running it through some sort of like emulator because they still they still like Java is still the primary primary platform for Minecraft, and they kind of just backport all the changes to all the other platforms. It's, Make change it's in weird. Java, backport to C++, propagate to other platforms. It, yeah, it's weird how many layers they've built onto that thing at this point. They can't afford to... Microsoft's all about that compatibility is king. They can't afford to not. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, what about you, Dave? So Matt, Did you say what you were playing? I said that I was uh, playing the Spider-Man PS uh, oh, yeah, remaster. Right. Yeah. Which, uh, How about you, Matt? Then uh, I'll go into mine. I, I just finished uh, playing Nino Kuni 2 the other day. Oh, nice. I thought that one's better than the first one. I, <laughs> At least the PS3 version of the first one. I, was I say. definitely liked it better than the PS3. I, I always found that battle system a hot mess. Um, yeah, I, I, I cannot describe how much that battle system turned me away from playing it further. <laughs> I mean, story-wise and everything, art-wise, the first one was great, you know, but... Jeez. The second one, they just went fawn action RPG and it was fine. I was fine with that. Like, hey, you know what? You picked the side and you stuck with it. You didn't do half ass. The AI was I, I almost would say amazing. I never had problems with the AI. <laughs> the AI did things. It healed me when I needed to. It attacked when it needed to. I didn't feel it was unfair or anything. It it was a nice little fairy tale. Nice. Wheels the president didn't die. <laughs> 
it uh and so along with that uh was it veterans day was a couple weeks ago and i had to take the day off because my son's in public school i teach in private school and we never take Veterans Day off. We have all these big celebrations, which, of course, this year was, you know, turn on the, the video celebration that we recorded safely a couple of weeks ago. Um, but we usually have like two hours worth of pep rallies and assemblies and all this stuff. And we never take it off. But public school was off and they didn't have daycare. And in the middle of a pandemic, nobody wants to babysit your child all day. So I took the day off and I bought him. Um, this is my seven year old. I bought him Pokemon shield plus the dlc i got the all-in-one and i let him start playing it that morning and i was like oh you know after about an hour or two of watching him play and just helping him get started and everything i was like you know i'll have to pop this in my uh what is it my light switch here at night and i'll play on mine i'll I'll, you know I'll, i'll play some too well by about two in the afternoon after i'd let him play like three or four hours and was like okay brady we, we, we got to stop here dude like i can't let you play video games all day <laughs> that is not the <laughs> responsible thing to do for a seven-year-old it's um, not no that's always yeah. the dream though <laughs> it's the dream it is i mean you got a day off of school on a wednesday in the random middle of the week why the hell not um <laughs> True. But we're, we're sitting playing um, a couple rounds of Pokemon trading card battle game there afterwards. And I'm looking on my phone. I'm like, well, what if I just got myself Pokemon Sword? You know, I, <laughs> I always I always resell stuff anyway. So I'll just get a used copy. I'll play alongside him. I can trade him a couple exclusives and that'll be our main game. You know, he probably won't want to do the post game much. He's not that into it so you know then i'll just play his copy later so i'm looking 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 like used copies are like 42 dollars on ebay and then i kind of switch over to amazon brand new pokemon sword 40 dollars. and hey if you order in the next 10 minutes it'll be there today so what uh, yep so i sure as hell ordered it and within about five hours it was on the doorstep so now i didn't buy the dlc copy for me because i'll just rush through the game and you know finish and trade them a couple exclusive good ones and uh (laughs) and just kind of pitch my sword one and play along on his shield copy but i am i am really enjoying the game i i don't know if i should say i'm glad i waited a full year till everything's kind of out with the (laughs) dlc here but it's it's fun I've had a good time with it. It's really good. I've I think put about eighty hours into it at this point <laughs> with the DLC, and uh, can't don't really have much complaints to be honest. I think it's my son's done fifteen, and I've done twelve on mine, and we're using the home to kind of trade stuff back and forth. So, it's been nice. That's about it with what I've been doing. Who we get you through pick all as a starter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I picked. Uh, I did grass type. No, my son did grass type. I did score bunny. Okay, good, good man, good man. Because I figured it, and I realized after we'd each played like five or six hours that we're both playing on the same profile, just on different devices, so we can't <laughs> oh. trade or do anything. Oh, like, no. oh. I was telling him like we could battle, and I was like, "Haha, I'll burn your freaking little grokey to death." But uh. <laughs> Nope. is good. That, yep, that, that didn't work out. We won't be able to because we're on the same profile. Whoopsie. Yep. Which, honestly, I guess I don't know if we would have been able to trade anyway because I've got the Nintendo online, but the other profiles that him and my wife use don't. So, I don't know. It's all a mess. 
You shouldn't need it for local trading, though. No, and then, you know, afterwards, I think that, too. I'm like, oh, we could have just locally done it. But it does allow him to get online and do some online stuff, since he's playing on my profile and on the main Switch. Which, if he was on his own profile, he wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah. The the online stuff is pretty cool. Like, you can just set yourself to online and wander around, like, the wild areas and just Mm -hmm. see, like, other players wandering around. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, he he's liked it. Um, and uh, honestly, I think I must have done like 50 of those Dynamax battles, just just having fun with that in the wild areas. It's, it's amazing how once people realize they don't need all 800 Pokemon, how much they can enjoy a Pokemon game. <laughs> yeah, really. Because uh, yeah, the complaints about that seemed to die away pretty quickly after the game came out. <laughs> Well, they usually do. I mean, yeah. you, you always hear the lo- loudest complaints a week before the game comes out. Sure. I mean, you remember what happened to Dragon Quest Nine, right? Oh, Lord. I mean, even before the game was officially out in Japan, there were people trying to ratings bomb it because of the fairy. <laughs> they that was after like... they got furious about it be- briefly being an action RPG. <laughs> uh, that was a, I mean, that was a good year and a half later. But, uh... Yeah, yeah. So wait, what, what, we, what were they doing with the fairy? With... They, they, they tra- attempted a ratings bomb on, um, like, Rakuten or one of the other sites that does aggregated ratings. Mm-hmm. So they were like, okay, this game's getting a one. Because they didn't like the look of the fairy character? They did not like the fact that she was a gal type from Shibuya, basically. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I read her more like Snooki from uh, Jersey Shore. <laughs> that is roughly uh, equivalent, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you had to pick an American equivalent for that Japanese archetype, Snooki would not be far off. <laughs> There's a part of me that feels like a profound gratitude for the kind of ephemeral culture that exists, where like within five years, someone who was like a child in 2010 will have no context for what on earth a Snooki was. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless they watch South Park. Maybe. Maybe. She had a WrestleMania. She was actually supposed to be in the ball that drops in Times Square. Um, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it was such a bizarre little you? promo. I think, oh my god. <laughs> I forget. I think I was working down in Soho, but I used to work for MTV, so I know like they, they're, they're all about that kind of... Uh, kind of crazy promotion stuff and then I, she got either cold feet or like she literally thought she might like fall out of the ball or I don't know but <laughs> I mean those are different symptoms of the same thing <laughs> yeah yeah or maybe they just like you know they didn't want to pay whatever um, life insurance policy for someone <laughs> like Snooki um, but uh, yeah so then then that just that was off and it was they, they, it was funny because they just did this huge like promotional. They do it's like a big deal when like when they have uh, a celebrity do something crazy like that in Times Square, and that was going to be that was going to be an interesting one. <laughs> just seeing her drop with the ball, oh, God, <laughs> quite possibly onto the pavement. And how many oh, years we ago was <laughs> how many years ago was Snooki even rel- relevant? I feel old I now. Say twenty ten ish. Yeah, I don't remember. Late that probably, early that's probably feels like yeah, that's the right time. Yeah, that that seems to be about right. <laughs> around Dragon Quest Nine's release, sometime around there in the U.S. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. uh, something I'm never going to get out of my head, and I'm going to try desperately. Um, 
Right? Snooky title title this episode Snooky Time or something. Snooky in no. the New Year's Hall or Snooky with Wings no, and Dragon no, Quest no, Nine. Not worth it. No, no. <laughs> no we're gonna <laughs> pull it off. Somebody needs demographic. Let's face swap uh, Stella with Snooky after this. Hello and welcome to Jersey Jersey Shore time. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> never actually seen it and i'm glad for the stuff yeah i actually either. have not i've not either which is Nor have I. That, that that makes all of us i guess wait wait mr baker <laughs> what what yes Celebrate Jersey Shore. Shore. <laughs> i was gonna say i how long have i not lived in the united states <laughs> okay well that <laughs> we'll take the default on at least then. 15 years <laughs> what that that wasn't popular here <laughs> no <laughs> I mean, somehow Desperate Housewives was semi-popular over here for a while, but that was about the farthest they got into that line of American culture. Hmm. I feel like it would be hard to just, like, on some level, to just do dubs of what are of what are essentially reality shows, or even subtitling them, really. Well, yeah. I wish we could get more Japanese game shows in the U.S. You know, oh, like I want to see I want to see more of our pop stars trying to blow cockroaches into each other's mouths. <laughs> No, and, the, the really weird ones like that haven't really existed for over a decade or three. Oh, so, really? That's a popular one. Though, if you if you want some real fun, check out Ultraman Dash sometime. I'll have to go look for that. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's it's this it's this basically a marathon thing that happens every New Year where they have different sports challenges and various other really random stuff. Um, one of the one of the things they do regularly is they have these contests to see if you can figure out which of the four items is actually chocolate. Oh, oh no. yeah, oh yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The guy, like, one, one time, the I kid you not, but the item that was chocolate was actually it looked like a small bucket of red paint with a paintbrush, huh? With liquid huh. raspberry syrup in it as paint. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> G- the general rule of thumb is pick the item that looks l- most like it's going to hurt you if you actually try to be- bite into it, and it's probably chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That makes sense. And then they'll. Like they'll get random like Olympic level athletes from Japan to participate in ridiculous um, contests or just um, challenges. It, it, it's really, 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 really funny. It's probably my favorite part of New Year's Eve over here. <laughs> you still got to be over there at New Year's Eve, Liam? Yeah. I, well, we'll be in Nishigaki. We're actually leaving on Monday, um, so our, we're here actually for our two week quarantine, and our two week quarantine's up. So. We're uh, uh, we're planning on uh, heading to the beach for a couple of months um, while my son is in school there, okay. and probably just in time because they just closed the schools in New York. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we moved out of there just in time. Yeah. Oh, we still live in hell. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 I'm taking the I'm taking the subway to get to Luita's bar later, and it's like the, I'm nervous. I've got like my face shield and my uh, I'm, I'm going to be wearing two masks and possibly a uh, an astronaut outfit. <laughs> if you aren't going out in a diving bell, why are you are you really taking this seriously? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there were there were like 14 people total on the flight over here, so. Uh, we weren't too scared, but like my, my wife and I were, we were both in like face shields and masks and everything. And then the kids were in nothing. So oh, <laughs> yeah. pretty, yeah. Children my... don't often wear the masks over here. You and kind of weird, um, especially smaller children, but the adults, yeah. all everybody, everybody over like fourth grade is definitely wearing a mask. 
Yeah, yeah. And three three year olds usually don't, but infants definitely don't. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else is just expected to mask up to help protect them better. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But if I'm gonna get it, it's gonna be from the kids. It's just that's the thing. <laughs> that tends <laughs> to be the way of it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, speaking of uh, COVID-19 and, and getting that, um, let's get to know the guests. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Great segue. Great yes. segue. I think that may be one of our better ones. <laughs> is is COVID-19 transferable through Skype? Do we, do we need to find that out? We should, we, we there's there's out. still so much we don't know. It is entirely possible. <laughs> who, knows how, who knows how the internet works, really? Yeah. Um, so, uh, everybody, or whoever wants to start, uh, what was your first Dragon Quest series game? Who wants uh, to go first? Yeah. Like, I'm going to have to really, really dig deep on the memory here. Uh, I can go first, then. Okay, go. <laughs> uh, like, you've probably, I'm wondering if you've heard this a bunch of times, but I got Dragon Warrior free through Nintendo Power. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we, that's, that's a pretty popular response. Yeah, so that was my fr- that was my first entry into the series. I wouldn't say it's really what got me into the series because as soon as I saw Final Fantasy, I was like, oh man, one party member, screw this game. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we uh, got rid of our NES pretty early. It's like as soon as the Super Nintendo came out, so I missed out on two through four for a very long time. Um, and I want to say it took until really Dragon Quest seven on the PS one when I was in college, when I really, really started digging into the series. I mean, I'd played like the Game Boy version of one and two and some other stuff a bit before that. But, uh, Dragon Quest seven is really what kind of got me into it, even though I still have never finished it. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Another popular answer. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much content. Okay, honestly, see. honestly okay. I don't want to finish it. I because I like being able to just pick it up every now and then, play a new story, and then put just it. Just want to think so, it's yeah. theoretically infinite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, theoretically <right>. it is. <laughs> like I'm 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 trying to get down memory lane here and figure out when was the first time I ever heard the word Dragon Quest. And it was probably some friends talking about it in elementary school. And describing it as, oh yeah, you go beat up some monsters, get some money, you go back and buy the next weapon, you go out, beat the monsters more, go back, get the next weapon. And it didn't really turn me on to the game right then. Fair. Um, yeah. And it took I me a while to realize that, 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 that sounded mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me. I'll play that. Well, I mean, I did I didn't have a didn't have a Nintendo or even a Super Nintendo until much, much later on anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um and then, of course, I mean, back, at, I guess I was in second or third grade when the Dragon Warrior anime was on TV in America for 13 oh, very, yeah. very cut up episodes. Yep. Yep. So if um, if you can, if you don't mind Japanese, you can probably find the entire series at a Geo Geo or Staya video store over here. Uh, so. I've looked for that 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 DVD box set for ages and couldn't find it. Um, but uh, no, eventually, I mean, on rental shelf. But yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, even that. Um, to just to rip a copy of it, but uh, but eventually um, uh, someone finished translating the series, at least subbing it, um, mm-hmm. which is I still haven't completed it. I'm <laughs> about halfway through at this point, but I'm yeah. still I'm taking yeah. a pause right now and reading the the uh, uh, manga for Die No Die Boken. I was about to mention that that entire series is getting reprints right now, but yeah, um, 
I didn't realize how much the anime was chopped up until I started watching the DVDs and realizing that, wait a minute, I'm definitely remembering this one particular image from this one particular scene in episode 20-something, and they never got that far on TV. <laughs> so, wow. Yep. But Flyzers at that time treated anime with this curious idea, like, man, we can just take whatever from whatever. I believe the term is massacre. Yeah, that was that was the style at the time. Yep. So, but um, so probably the first ones I actually physically played would be one, two, and three on Game Boy Color, and I'm not sure if I played those before or after five and six on emulator, and uh, I never got to four. Strangely enough. Oh man, that's my favorite of the classic series. I definitely recommend it. Well, if you feel like mailing me a copy of the DS game, I'm I'll be more than happy to play it. Um, uh, it's pretty much the same thing on mobile, actually, and you get uh, party chat. Oh, yeah, but I don't have a smartphone, so, I mean, there's that. Uh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. And then, um, let's see. The European DS uh, version also translated the char- party chat, which the American version didn't. I felt cheated. <laughs> I wish you hadn't told me that. Now I'm going to be searching hey. eBay for a European version. <laughs> yeah, that, is that, I'd never heard of that before. This is something I read about a few years ago, so I'll have to double check. But, <sighs> yes, I recall hearing that the European version translates to party chat. Oh, wow. <sighs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, okay. So, David, what was your entry pull up point? eBay. <laughs> well, wheels grumbles. Uh, so Dragon Quest was a series that I sought for a long time before actually getting a hold of. Like, I remember wanting 1, 2, and 3 on Game Boy Color because they looked cool and I had heard that they were really big in Japan. Uh, couldn't get hold of them for one reason or another. Same thing with 7 on PS1. I just never had the money when I saw it in shops. So I didn't actually get to play a Dragon Quest properly until 8 on PS2. Mm. And I just sort of went back and filled in from there. That is a uh, quite popular entry point for a lot of people. I'm shocked. I, I would imagine that FF12 demo probably sold a lot of people, and what it ultimately sold me was Dragon Quest VIII's really cool. I think FF12's battle system might be bad. <laughs> <laughs> I will not rant and rave about FF12. I know Wheels love it. <laughs> uh, to be fair, so, like that was also because I don't think that demo has gambits in it. No, it doesn't. Oh, well, that system so. without gambits would really be worse. Yeah, like, I, the final system I have my ups and downs on, but that is an awful demo. Yeah, it's not a good demo. But DQ8 uh, was real cool. Minor side, so I just found a French version of Dragon Quest IV DS, and the eBay title of the listing is Dragon Quest IV The Epic Politicians. Don't Someone think that's has, a good translation. <laughs> had a translation party going on. <laughs> Does not seem correct. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> well, uh, you can all be politicians and uh, try to uh, get us to convince us your favorite games. What games would you say have been your favorite in the series, either mainline or spinoff? Uh, and I really like Slime Mori Mori Dragon Quest. Yes, <laughs> one and two, but not uh, really. Tootin' Schleimen. <laughs> the pun game was strong. Yes, Chrono Twicker. Yes. <laughs> You didn't really like the third one? Well, I had issues with um, material logistics. Mm. It's like, if you wanted to make anything in that game, you had to start farming like crazy, especially for the final items. And 
I actually did the math and realized I would need to go in and out of this one minor dungeon 160-something times to get enough Orichalcum to make the item one item I needed. Oh, I did that. We had our the first... Uh... <laughs> The, the first uh, real slime time we did, it was episode three, where we, it wasn't just us, it wasn't just the site owner of the Dragon's Den. Um, we had on the fan translators who translated that game a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think I said to them, but no, I know exactly what you mean, because I had a hard time on the final battle. I must have done it like 10, 12 times. And I quickly learned I was just going to have to do with it pretty much what I had. Because, yes, to get any better items was a ridiculous amount. I was like, okay, so I need like three of these to get this. But each of these need like 10 of this, 10 of this, 10 of this. And suddenly I'm at 90 items, two or three things yes. down the path. And I was like, nope. So I'm just going to have to beat this as as well as I can. I just got to get good because I'm not going to be able to grind better. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, all of the ship battles in that game just drop you either money or blueprint parts. They don't actually drop you usable items. Correct. Not not the way the tanks did in the second game. So, so yeah, it was... Um, plus, I, kind of, I honestly, I really missed all the letters from the slimes that you were supposed to be rescuing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, because they didn't do that in the third game. And they didn't really do the rescues, for that matter. Um, so, it just it just didn't feel right. And I, I was kind of wishing that they'd made each of the foreign countries a different type of Dragon Quest monster and not just have them slimes across the planet. You know, would have been fun. Yeah. There's always hope for slime Mori Mori 4. Yeah, well, that's probably not going to happen, but. Yeah. Uh, Dave, you want to go next or you want me to go next? Whichever you prefer, man. You go ahead. Uh. I tend to gravitate towards the more strongly like character focused ones. So five, eight, and eleven are probably my favorites. Uh, I don't know. Uh, five is probably the one when push came to shove, but eleven makes a very strong case. <laughs> I agree. I, I've I've gotten over my nostalgia at this point. Here we are, you know, two plus years since release, and I, I can definitely say Eleven's my favorite at this point. It's so good. I really need to play that one sometime. Grab that Switch version. It's uh, incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, as general as usual, it's just a question of money, time, and children. Yeah. Uh, children. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I will never stop being amused that they, uh, instead of backporting the Switch versions additions into the other versions, they just ported the Switch version over wholesale. <laughs> what a strange choice. Well, at least it's on Game Pass. Yeah, it's on everything now, and it's definitely like the version I would recommend playing because I think the new content is really good. Oh, my but, kids play the Xbox. I'm going to try and just leave that game running at some point and see if they can I try to play it. <laughs> <laughs> can I trick you into playing something instead of you trying to get me to play Roblox? I still don't know what playing Roblox would entail. You don't want to know. <laughs> it's true, but one that doesn't block, mean that I do. You put it on top of the other, and you put another one on top of that, and another one no, on top of that. No, no, see, that would actually be good. No. Roblox house! Roblox is like a game creating thing, so it's a platform where people play a bunch of terrible approximations of good games. Oh, so this is basically like those kids in the late nineties, early aughts who were just playing bad flash games on their yeah, ex- computer. Yeah, exactly. Yep, exactly. Ah, oh, exciting. That was that only worked because they were free. <laughs> 
No, these are free too. Although there's like money making yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't in know there. how the money making works. Uh, it's yeah. Let's not talk about Roblox. Dragon Quest Roblox Edition. Yes. Uh, so, Wheels, did you say what your favorite is? No, uh, I haven't finished it, but seven is still my favorite. I was gonna say, gonna say seven. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna say seven. There's just something I love about that game, and like I can uh, PlayStation I can... or 3DS. 3DS, obviously. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Gonna <laughs> give Wheels the dreaded rewrap moral. Uh, maybe my opinion will change after I finish eleven. It probably will because eleven is that good. But yeah, I seven. Play it again. It's hundred hours. It would destroy me. Uh, as far as some of the ones I've actually finished, like uh, seven, obviously led me to all the DS games, and I really loved four, um, especially Tornado, and um, nine is probably my second favorite right now. I just love i i've always loved games where you get get to just like make your own party uh so to get to do that in like a a cool modern dragon quest game was like tops for me and still holding out hope that that game will get a remaster at something at some point i mean it really is a question of when because it's a dragon quest game so it's gonna get re-released but imagining like that game and like the dragon quest 11 engine on switch ah it would be so good but um i mean other than that as far as some like the side games i love all the roguelikes because i love roguelikes Uh, i'm still bummed we never got the uh the young yangus one (laughs) (laughs) good old shonen yangus you know i was just reading somebody on facebook was starting that the other day and i think it has a translation patch doesn't no, no, Young Yangus no. doesn't. Hmm. But they were talking about how you could recruit monsters in that one, kind of like Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. <laughs> and that was, they're like, you know, we've only played it for about three hours, but that's our favorite part already so far. Oh, God. I <laughs> every slime. Well, again, Reels, if you ever want a copy, I'm sure I can find one for pretty cheap. Yeah, if you, if, yes, I will, I will tell you now, if you, if you can find a copy, please grab me a copy. Yeah, yeah, I, will, I got, got I mine at Super Potato. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, speaking of monster collecting, I am a fan of the Joker games specifically. Not so much the non-Joker Dragon Quest monster games. Well, uh, I stopped playing after Caravan Heart, so I can't tell you anything there. But <laughs> I, I did make massive use of the uh, Dragon Quest monsters Wikipedia for uh, resources for a tabletop game once. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, there's a part of me that still kind of gets thrown by the fact that we got Joker 2 after Joker 2 Professional came out in Japan. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> they were very hesitant on localizing that game in any capacity, and it was weird yeah. that they made the choices that they did when they did. And then that was the end of that. Yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, I saw like wasn't there a copies. 3DS Joker game announced at some stage? Did that, that came happen? out. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there was Joker I've got a copy 3. Of that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's had a fan translation. We had that yeah. guy on our show oh, last cool. December. He did. He actually did the um, 3DS remake of the first game. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Terry's Wonderland. Yeah. Terry's Wonderland. Yeah. Very boring. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, yeah, he did. He did Joker three, and he's working on uh, the remake of Dragon Quest Monsters 2, which was my personal favorite back from the Game Boy Color days. 
Is that one a lot different than the first one? <laughs> it is because they're you're going into um cast like seven main continents, worlds, whatever that you go to. Um, but at the same time, there's a key mechanic where you can get random keys and there's literally infinite worlds that you can go into. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> and yeah, and like the name on the key, you get like the gold demon key or the gold fairy key and like the word fairy determines that there'll be maybe slime and demon monsters there and gold will set like the rarity like there'll be a lot of rank c and whatever i remember i got a key one time random and it it was probably like key number 50 that i came across that just went to a world filled with the boss monsters and that was awesome wow you couldn't recruit there but i mean literally all i'd have to do is breed some guys together go fight one battle there and everybody was like level 30 go back breed again it helped for the breeding tree i had two game boys at that point and i would breed across game cables um because you wouldn't lose your monsters that way or you would both end up with a monster and especially when it got to the higher level ones and you would have to get like you know all these a and s rank monsters together to breed one of the higher ones it was like well i'll just breed these across the link cable and just keep getting multiple monsters and then trade them back so it was fun i have no idea what the 3ds does there's a Another effort going on right now, because um, when we talked to uh, Z6N4, the guy who had translated Joker 3 and Terry's Wonderland, he had worked on it and got it almost done, but he couldn't find a little trigger somewhere in the code to allow him to expand um, text boxes. Ooh. Because English language takes a lot more characters than Japanese, and he couldn't find that trigger. So uh, there's a group right now, and they've even just the other day released their version 0.4. They're like, you know what? We understand that's a limitation, so we're just going to translate every menu item, every key item, every monster name, whatever, and just at least put out a patch that way. So I look forward to one way or the other playing that game (laughs) next year, maybe. (laughs) But... uh, all right, well, we'll get on to a couple of questions for you guys to debate since this is a Q&A quest as well. We, uh, I, I actually, Fireminer, if you're out there listening, I tried to hit you up on Discord like two weeks ago and never got a reply back, <laughs> which may be a good thing. because you know, your we, fault. <laughs> we didn't need 880 uh, Dragon Quest-related questions here. <laughs> Harsh. I would be so impressed if you could actually come up with that number, but wow. But uh, I guess he's not been on Discord in a bit, so uh, I'm sure he'll return and give you guys a lot more questions. But so I, I wrote some questions. Liam and I came up with some questions here um, for you all tonight, since you have such a broad knowledge of all RPGness and the history. And uh, mm-hmm. but uh, so Dragon Quest, it's been called the first console RPG. Do you think mm-hmm. that's accurate? Mm. Well, it's you'd be really hard put to find one earlier than that. And it'd be really splitting hairs on a lot of it. Um, I know the Wizardry games probably came to Japan before that because that's part of what inspired um, Hori to make an RPG. But weren't wouldn't most of those, those were probably like PC ports or something? Yeah. So, I mean, quite quite obviously, Hori w- had something to inspire him to make it because he's on the record as saying he wanted to make an RPG even when he was making an adventure game before Dragon Quest happened yeah but it's if it's not the first homegrown japanese rpg on a console then it is the one only one really worth mentioning you get into the like the question of like well are we counting things like hydlide or yeah i mean before the 
I mean, any of most of the other competition would be much more solidly in the action adventure category. Yeah, you get into things like Sorcerian. Yeah. Uh, so um, things that you could kind of put into the RPG umbrella just because of... They had leveling and stats were important, but they were not... Yeah. We would call them action RPGs. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And they would not have actually described themselves as RPGs at that point is part of it. Mm. Um, but they definitely made their contribution. But I don't think any of them would have been... Or I don't think the entire genre would have existed as it does without Dragon Quest. That's awesome. definitely fair. Yeah. So uh, what RPG trends has Dragon Quest launched? Um, let's see. The entire turn-based window format. The window format is like clearly just sort of being pulled from the sort of Portopia menu system and just recontextualized as an RPG system. Yeah. Um, let's see. Was that one of the first RPGs with the silent protagonist, or did that start somewhere else? I mean, pri- prior to that, you would have configurable protagonists who would, were by default silent. Like, yeah. that's how you would be in, like, wizardry and such. Yeah. yeah. I mean, most of the games this, that period didn't have enough space to have a lot of story. You could say that this was, like, the beginning of the idea of a predefined protagonist who was silent anyway. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would say, yeah, more than anything else, even if Dragon Quest didn't necessarily start a lot of these trends, uh, it def- was definitely way more accessible than a lot more of its contemporaries. So it probably... It, it, in- Influence it was definitely more influential than most. Yeah, exactly. It embodied a lot of things that we have come to associate with RPGs, and it did it really well at the start. Yeah. Because you go look at competition in early Japanese RPGs, and you get uh, hellish video games like Miracle Warriors. Mm-hmm. Don't play Miracle Warriors. Don't play Wizardry clones. <laughs> Can't believe you would say that of all the people. <laughs> don't play early wizardry clones actually yeah, don't play early wizardry <laughs> okay yeah like miracle warriors is contemporary and being a 1986 pc88 turn-based rpg and maybe go look that up if you want to see why dragon quest was the game that people wanted to play and why you've never heard of miracle warriors yeah but yeah like i said if there was any competition it was probably along the pc engine type things which a lot a very... of Japanese PC games, definitely. And those had a much more limited audience to begin with because they weren't as let's say, aggressively marketed as Nintendo did with the NES. I mean, Dragon Quest also was being marketed as like a Shonen Jump man did the art for this. We can partner with Shonen Jump. But... Oh, and there is that, yes. I mean, having Toriyama on the art really did not hurt anything at all. Hmm. So what what other games has Dragon Quest inspired? Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy, <laughs> Fantasy Star. Do, do the fans know that? Metal Max, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... Like, it becomes I mean, like a question of how many layers is it removed from being inspired by Dragon Quest? Because a lot of things were inspired by things that were inspired by Dragon Quest. Yeah. So, yeah, you... You can just, it, it just really goes deep. And about the only thing deeper than Dragon Quest in the strata of RP, JRPG history is probably just Dungeons and Dragons itself. Like D&D, Wizardry, and Ultima are like the only things that could maybe claim to be inspiring things to even a similar degree. In D&D below all, except yeah. Tolkien. Tolkien, D&D, Wizardry, and Ultima, then Dragon Quest Final Fantasy. Yeah. On the Japanese side. D&D then Ultima, then everything else on the Western side. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, wizardry was Western too, so. Yeah, yeah. It's a very similar tree until uh, the big split. Yeah. It sounds like you guys are talking about seven degrees of Kevin Bacon and uh, Dragon Quest in terms of games. Oh, uh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like um, this summer, I was playing through Moon again just for fun, and the first monster that you rescue is very obviously supposed to be a parody of a Dragon Quest line. Um, like when... the, the fake moon game that it that it starts with is very, very, very obviously a parody of Dragon Quest. Oh, yeah. Like when you're looking, when, you, when you're seeing something pastiche, a generic RPG, it is always a pastiche of Dragon Quest in Japan. Like, I mean, look yes. at something like, to, to list something that we didn't list, but it's absolutely uh, hugely inspired. Uh, Mother, like the entire Mother franchise. Yes. Is built on being like a twisted uh, uh not twisted but like a strange Spirit. surreal take on dragon quest yeah i mean the original metal max was dragon quest with tanks yeah <laughs> a lot of these kind of start out with the mission statement of dragon quest but blank <laughs> yeah i mean it's like back in the 90s where half the movie action movies were um die hard in a fill in the blank yeah it, it, early rpgs in japan were dragon quest with a blank yeah like the, those few that are less obvious about their inspirations, like Final Fantasy, are the ones that kind of took center stage as alternatives to it. Yeah, I mean, you can tell Final Fantasy's main inspiration was Dr- Dungeons and Dragons because they stole the entire monster manual and used it as <laughs> big scary. Listen, we don't got the manga man drawing our monsters. We're going to have to steal from someone else's art. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Got to come um, from somewhere. Yeah. But hey yeah, guys, and, I-, I mean, for the, for that matter, um, current manga, current and recent manga series that make fun of RPG style conventions are like fifty fifty split between wizardry parodies and Dragon Quest parodies, if not both. Mm-hmm. You were saying so. Hmm? Uh, I, I actually have to get going soon to uh, to head to Luita's bar, but I did want to say thank you guys so much for uh, for talking with us today. Um, I'd like oh, thank you. Matt's got a bunch <laughs> of other questions to keep. Keep going. Uh, I just want to ask one last question before I head out, and then I'll probably catch a response on the um, listening to this later. But uh, um, Japanese video game music uh, composer Minami Matsume composed the Dragon Quest soundtrack for Dragon Quest Swords. Uh, anything in her past or present that make her perhaps a good replacement once uh, Koichi Sugiyama, uh, how do we put this nicely, um, kicks the bucket? Or just goes or away. From this mortal coil and provides <laughs> someone experience. Uh, I'm not familiar with her work. Let's let's check Wikipedia really quick. Manami Matsumai. I know she's done some like Mega Man and yeah, she did the original um, soundtrack for the first Mega Man game. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. See, Dynasty Wars, Mercs, Magic Sword, Mega Man. Um, Vegas yeah. Stakes. Hell yeah. And two. Um, Mighty Number Nine. She's, she's done a lot of stuff. Oh, Derby Nine Day. actually had a decent soundtrack. It did. Shovel Knight. She worked on Shovel Knight. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she did. She did work on Shovel Knight. Uh, my answer is that. yes. Well, let's see. She definitely has a very good um, portfolio. Oh, Esper Dream 2. I need to play that one sometime. Okay. Getting, uh, getting deep into some uh, very like strange stuff. Like uh, Extremely out there uh, in terms of family tree spinoff of Shin Megami Tensei, Another Bible. Oh, that one. Yeah. 
Was, oh, yeah, there's another Bible right there, 95. Yeah. Like, looks like half the Derby Stallion franchise. Yeah, there's a lot of Derby, Derby Stallion here. Now, another Bible. That. that was SMT early. Well, it that's was like uh, a, one of that's their... the last Bible spinoff. Yeah. So it's a spinoff of a spinoff of a spinoff. Yeah. But it's technically in the Mega Ten umbrella. Yeah. One of those, like, deep into the, uh, into the weeds. Yeah. But yeah, so, um, let's see. How old is she? I mean, she is currently 55 years old. 56 in a month. Um, yeah, so she's she's still active. She's still contributing. She apparently works quite well with others. Um, lots of experience. So um, I, mm. I can definitely see her as um, being a major part of any soundtrack in the future. Certainly a possibility. Although she's also very freelance, which... Yeah. I think I say with which... a portfolio that diverse is that it... They ever gonna nail her down? No. <laughs> On the other hand, she's actually uh, married to another musician, who uh, hmm. and she actually she has collaborated with him in the past for two different games. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Maybe they can get them as a team. Yeah. That's how you do it. <laughs> Pull in one, then get the other. Uh, yes, yeah, and... she's mainly an album contributor rather than an entire um, soundtrack composer. That's the. I only feel like the inevitable path they'll take once Sugiyama. Uh, perhaps all his golden EXP is uh, <laughs> it's a great is, way to put that is going to be like a team of composers like just for the breadth the like size and breadth of such a soundtrack uh, there's going to be a lot of arrange a lot of people arranging old music anyway but you know you're probably going to see a, a range of composers working on whatever Dragon Quest is the first one after his departure Mm-hmm. Really That's like speaking. to see that because uh, the only complaint I have about Dragon Quest Eleven so far is the music. <laughs> you the, the Switch version's music's a lot better. Yes, it's still yes, not the best. It's still by no means the best soundtrack the series has ever had. <laughs> You're not in the minority by saying that. I mean, even on Dragon Quest fan sites and everything, that that is the music always gets brought up as being, you know limited there's not a lot of new ones it's just the same old stuff yeah enough of this already <laughs> the midi <laughs> versions of the songs were bad like they're bad midi arrangements yeah oh jeez. that was the, that was the really killer thing about it it's like you can make these songs a uh, most dra- dragon quest songs sound fine in essentially midi arrangements that's how they were first heard but those are bad oh. arrangements yeah well, talking about a better arrangement, I did tell you the story about that one TV show, right? I think so, but remind me. It was like um, this long-running Japanese police drama series called Aibo. And one of mm. the, uh, it was basically like a series of made-for-TV movies, but uh, one of them had a scene set at a fancy gala event with a string quartet in the background. And in any American production, they would have been playing something like Mozart or Chopin, but in Japan, they were playing the uh, Dragon Quest Overture, <laughs> string quartet style. <laughs> nice. So, I, I figure I should try to get that in before I leave in five minutes. So. Yeah, you should. Uh, you should plug before you leave. Yes, yeah, time audience must know. Okay, so so if you enjoy Dragon Quest, if you enjoy tabletop games, and if you enjoy supporting your local gaijin, um, we have. Princesses of the Pizza Parlor, a currently nine-episode and one-side-story published uh, serialized sto- tale on Kindle, Kindle Unlimited. Um, 
under the um, author's name Michael Yarimizu. That's Y A R I M I Z U. Um, just because my own name is hell to Google. Um, <laughs> yes. And um, various bits of inspiration for the series actually came from me running a Dungeons and Dragon Quest um, game for some students a few years back. That was fun. <laughs> So, I remember. Like I, said, I, I, I have. I, I can attest to this. I've read. I think what's up the episode five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, good books. Good books. And I think it was somewhere in the middle of the second book that I messaged you and like, wait a minute, these names, where are they coming from? <laughs> a couple of them. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, uh, not I'm, I'm not missing the obvious, or no longer am I missing the obvious Dragon Quest reference, am I? Well, the, in this case, they weren't really intentional Dragon Quest references, if they were. Um, <laughs> Um, but my brain comes up with weird stuff sometimes. Um, I mean, just wait until episode 10 comes out, and I've got, like, one scene that has references to French theater, British literature, and um, Monkey Island. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, you do fight like a cow. <laughs> yeah, all in the same scene. So, And Monkey Island, I missed that series. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. I have a PS2 one of that. Hmm? Was there a PS2 Monkey Island? Yes, Escape for Monkey Island for okay, PS2 that... in the Grim Fandango engine. Uh, yeah, PS2 so version might... of that is markedly less buggy than the PC version. <laughs> good, good. But yeah, um, Dragon Quest was remarkably easy to update into a very, very homebrew tabletop game. So, as mentioned before, the, the Dragon Quest Monsters 3 bestiary was very, very convenient. So just, yeah print off a bunch of pictures, cut them out, paste them on little cards, and use those for battles. <laughs> I, I, I teach coding in elementary school, and my first graders and kindergartners, I've got the Dragon Quest heroes, a lot of their art printed out, laminated on cardstock, and that's what they put. Like, there's the starting point, there's the ending point. Mm-hmm. Go, go kill the slime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need to introduce them to Wonder Slime's um, fan game sometime. Well, uh, I, I just hope that like one day when they're, you know, nine, 10, 11 years old and they <laughs> see hero and smash or something like that. And they're like, wait a minute. My teacher used to have us playing with this kind of stuff. <laughs> my teacher was a nerd. <laughs> oh, again, getting back to Wonder Slime, I remember him having a story once where he had arranged his um, semester grades to be hit points. <laughs> so um, instead of adding together the points from different assignments, he calculated damage based on how many points they lost. Ooh, that test just nailed you for five. Yes. But yeah, um, so yeah, if you ever have a chance, or have you tried out, have you tried Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior Begin a New Quest? I have not, and I made a note about it because Wonder Slime used to be on the Dragon's Den, and I swear we've probably got that game archived there somewhere, and I know he was with RP Gamer too, right? Yeah, Wonder Slime, Q&A. Yep. In fact, I believe the first mention of Rocket Slime on the website was me sending him an, an email talking about this crazy uh, crazy trailer I had just seen at the game store that week. Oh, nice. With, and then, out of the ruins, there came a tank. Seriously. Kaboom. It was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you definitely should try that. It has some very, very wonderful in-jokes and references to the first three games of the series. So, okay. Anyway, I need to go now. So, See ya. See ya. Yes. Unfortunately, my job is saying, but thou must to me. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's the Dragon Quest exit. 
<laughs> yes, but thou must. Goodbye. Have fun. Talk. Goodbye. No. And at this point, there goes the Japanese contingent. Living their but, life, not in the middle of the night. But we of the Q&A contingent now outnumber you. And yeah. Well, no... we were always outnumbered. <laughs> That's yes, true. Yes. But our numbers will continue to outnumber you forever. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> we'll just put a period there. Sure. So, uh, where do you, speaking of you don't know where you're going, um, where do you think Dragon Quest Twelve is going to go? What are they going to do? What consoles? What? What? Anything? Is it going to be character heavy? Are we going to get another Dragon Quest Nine where you just going to be a, like we're close a to first person nine. shooter and it's going to be Xbox <laughs> exclusive? There you go. Well, Microsoft finally buying Square Enix. <laughs> uh, I, I would bet that we're going to be seeing a. Less narrative-like character-defined game. I would suspect we'll probably see something more in the vein of 3 and 9. Uh, I'm cool with that. I'll be less enthused, but it'll still be good, so it won't matter. Um, but then how are they going to sell Bring Arts figures? Um. <laughs> Listen, they have had no difficulty selling Bring Arts figures of Toriyama's drawings of, like, the warrior or whatever. Oh, they had the thug dude recently, didn't they? Yeah. Probably. Yep. So, like, it is not hard to sell. Like, just just have Kier- Toriyama draw a default look for the character, and guess what? People are going to be uh, people are going to like that version and consider that to be the version because you'll be able to make it look like that in game, and you won't have the Warrior of Light problem. <laughs> so, are we assuming at this point twelve will probably be Switch exclusive? Not exclusive. Not exclusive. Well, at least on the Switch. It will be on Switch, I would suspect. It will likely be on everything. Yeah, probably makes sense. Because that's the nice thing about being on Switch at this stage. If it works on Switch, it's going to work on everything else. So do you think it'll be on Switch day one? Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. It's the Switch is... Given how Japan's doing. Yeah, it seems to be all-consuming that market now. Sony seems to have seeded the PS5 in that market. I sincerely doubt that it's going to change that situation, so... I would suspect that it will be uh, a Switch game that gets ported to things. Yeah. <laughs> I would be just fine with that. Same. I would like yeah. to continue to play big RPGs on my Switch where I have time to finish them. Oh, oh yes. Already wishing there was a Switch port of Yakuza Like a Dragon. <laughs> I understand why there isn't, but I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'll be, you know what? I would have pre-ordered that. I, I didn't because I don't get a lot of console time. As a matter of fact, uh, dragging out Nino Kuni 2 uh, about a month ago, I actually, that was the first time since I think September of last year that I turned on my PS4. Fair. The amount of updates I had to go through that night to play. <laughs> it, it, it was a long time. I think at like 8 o'clock at night I turned it on. I was like, oh, I think I'll, I'll think I'll start up Nino Kuni 2 tonight. And it might cool. have been 10.30 before I started. <laughs> I cleaned the house. I did the dishes. I was like, well, what's happening now? Oh, Nino Kuni's updating. Then it was like, oh, system update to <laughs> system update to Nino Kuni. <laughs> yeah. When I finally played it, it was on version four of Nino Kuni two. <laughs> so, and I think each one of those required a separate update. Yeah. Never been good at packaging those together. No. I'm excited that this weekend I will have some free time and I can finally properly start Yakuza Like a Dragon Quest. Uh, That's That's the title in my head. (laughs) That's that's kind of what they were, kind of what they were doing. Oh, 
I wanted to stream that while we were recording this, but for some reason, beyond my understanding, and you know, I've been very complimentary of Microsoft to this point. For some reason, their their Xbox app on Windows no longer supports remote playing <laughs> to the new systems. Oh. Give it time. Yeah, I'm sure they'll add it because they're switching over to a new Xbox app. I'm sure they're waiting to just put it there, but it's kind of annoying. Yeah, it'll debut with that, and hopefully it won't be hell, but, you know. Yeah, well, I was new like, systems, well, every time, every console generation, we get to relearn all of these lessons, all of these incredibly obvious lessons. Yeah, I was going to try, well, let me download an Android emulator and use the Xbox app there. The, and the, what yeah, the no. unearthly hell are you <laughs> contemplating? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I downloaded the Android dev environment. <laughs> uh, How many hoops do you want to jump through? Oh, man. All the hoops. <laughs> no, that, I, I will say, plugging Nino Kuni 2 in um, a month ago and actually sitting and playing 40 hours on the PS4 over the past month, I'm like, oh, I can actually do this. Like, So I bought a Persona 5 Royal. It arrived yesterday, whatever. Nice. Uh, okay. Yes, I mean, I, I'd played, I, I've had the last game, or I've had Persona 5, I think since like Black Friday two years ago, when I Makes picked sense. it up for like 20 bucks, and I, I think it was about, I think it was September of last year when I finally put it in and gave it 10 hours, and then I got a review game, and then I got another review game, and the next <laughs> thing I know, happening. yep, that, that just kind of like, oh, whoops, didn't I start this game like three months ago? Um, <laughs> and I better start now, again. now I know they're getting a royal, so maybe I won't go all the way through it twice. So, uh, but Best Buy had it, was it Monday or Tuesday? They had it on one of their rolling Black Friday deals, the royal version for 20 bucks. So nice. Finally, I'm now got $40 you. deep and only 10 hours in. <laughs> I. I need to get to that. A lot of what was holding me back was my utter disdain for turning on the PS4. <laughs> but now that the it's, PS5 now. Yeah, now that it's gone. There you go. I will probably See if I can find that. what my final playtime was for uh, Persona 5 Royal. I had a lot of time at the beginning of quarantine to... I See, I remember listening. And I'll be honest, it's like you and um, I think it was Anna... I, I very specifically remember picking blueberries because that's what I went and did during quarantine a lot because the agricultural farms were open. And I mean, how far could you be away from people there? Like, I'm the only one at nine in the morning freaking picking blueberries at this farm <laughs> um, in April. And geez, at nine in the morning is the only time I could stand to be outside picking in Florida. Makes but sense. like I would listen to podcasts and I'd hear you talking about it. And yeah. Anna would talk about all the quality of life things. Just like, oh, this was so much better on this. Then I'm like, OK, I'm never going back to the original. I will get royal one day. I will. Uh, OK, I'm um, looking at my horrific like 99 level 99 and everything. All the best weapons. Save oh, file. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm not finding... I've Okay, wait, wait, here we go. This was... Okay, about 20 hours before I finished, I was at 91 hours. Wow. <laughs> that includes doing, like, the bonus dungeon that they added to uh, Royal, which I think is actually a very good addition to that game. Was it before the ending? It is a post-ending dungeon. Okay. So yeah, uh, that like that adds that entire scenario adds like another ten or so hours to the game. 
but I, I think that it's actually a worthwhile 10 hours. So, mm-hmm. but I did just find some of the like dialogue that I had screen capped. And one of my personal favorites is one of the characters just saying in a text message, things suck online. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, check out Q&A Quest on RPGamer.com <laughs> and Slime Time, wherever podcasts are found. Wherever podcasts are sold. Uh... So yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have it in me to turn that on immediately because it's still sitting right there in the mailer. Waiting. From yesterday. Watching. Listen, hopefully it comes out on Switch and you can go 60 for 60. Well, yeah. see, that's kind of what I was like. You know, one day this will be out on Switch. Well, I've given it plenty enough days. Mm. The Royal version's out. I plugged in the PS4. I broke that seal finally after, you know, a <laughs> year plus. The seal that <laughs> limited its power. Yeah, it had very limited power. Zero. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, man, I remember holding, trying to hold out for that Persona 5 Switch. Like, oh. Persona 5S. That's obvious. What could that be? Oh That's my God. obvious what that is. Obviously the Switch. Damn bait and Switch. Well, not exactly, because it, it, it's going it is out on the Switch. That did happen. <laughs> now, are we ever going to get that? Because that's like disappeared, I see, from earnings. Um, yeah, I suspect we'll get it eventually, but I'd imagine that it's a very low priority, so it's going to take a while. Apparently there's an Asian version coming out with English in it. So, so. Yeah, so I would imagine that it's mostly, it's been pushed into their next fiscal year. Yeah. Like, I was, I, I think I wrote a blurb about how I was excited about that for, you know, upcoming games in 2020. I mean, I'm excited for Back it. Still. We were all happy in January about 2020. Think of what might happen this year. What could go wrong? <laughs> <sighs> well, one thing went right this year. Yes, it did. <laughs> And yes, it Yakuza. did. Yakuza went right this year. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, uh, two things went right this year. <laughs> I don't remember a second. <laughs> um, so I, I did come to the realization this week that the only game originally released, the only original release I've played this year has been uh, Nexomon Extinction. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're killing me. I played the Rune Factory 4 port, you know, update. That was good. I um, actually really loved Tokyo Mirage Sessions, but, you know, I played that on Switch. So that's or I that's new this year, but it's not a new game. But have you played Hades? Uh, I you know what? That is bookmarked. I I almost bought it when it was that first week. It was like 20 bucks. I'm like, you know, I'm I was just getting ready to do like Nino Kuni or something because that was about a month ago. It had a little price drop and whatever, 20, 25 bucks. That's no big deal. But I do want to get Hades. Listening to you and seeing the gameplay, I'm like, this would be something that like that might be a game that I'll have on my Switch when I'm playing Persona 5 on the PS4. Like I need to have a game on each console. And that w- that that seems to be I, I don't need to read mountains of dialogue. <laughs> but it has them. <laughs> yeah. I hear it, but, you know, that that's the kind of I can just go beat things up kind of thing mm. in regards to I need to go work on a job and talk to people and build my social links. And I guess since we're talking about PS4 games, this game doesn't need stumping for, but I'm going to tell you that FF7 remake pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, that game rules. How far are you in that wheels? I beat it. Oh, yeah. you did. Yes. I actually managed to browbeat wheels into finishing it. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was that, but also 
Uh, I I mean, people had you talked about it. how people had talked about. Yes, I liked it. And people had talked about how different the ending was. So I had I wanted had to, to see it. Out. I wanted to see it before someone I like randomly saw a tweet explaining it or something. Because mm. I mean, like I've already seen people randomly talking about uh, Cold Steel Four. <laughs> Those people are the weirdest among us by virtue of the fact that, one, they profoundly care about the Cold Steel franchise, but two, they also speak in a manner as though even, like, Trails fans have time to already be caught up on it, which is, like, just a ridiculous assumption. Yeah. (laughs) Let let me tell you, I've I've done the intro. I've done the intro two hours of Cold Steel 2. (laughs) It's such a long series of games. Like, you have to set aside time for them, and it's just like... I love yeah. them. I don't have time yet. Yeah. One day, soon. Next Put week. The first two on Switch. Yep. <laughs> Next week, the goal is to finish Trails in the Sky. Because I, I, I played one, I played two, and I was working on three this summer, and I got three as a weird conglomeration. Um, yeah. Just wrapping up story points. And I, and I was going very good, but there's like so many side quest things that you could do, and there are all these little doors. The only problem is it doesn't tell you if you've opened that door and done that side quest. I can't find that anywhere. I really should just have put like a little marker on it. It's like yeah, you've been so here. The fact that I've set it aside for a month and then come back. <laughs> oh, good. And luck. I go in and I, I was like, well, I surely I haven't done this door. And I go in. I'm like, oh, crap, I have. And I know I'm in for 10 minutes of dialogue that I can't really <laughs> do much about. Yeah. So honestly, indicator. I'm not, I don't need to know every little side quest bit. So it, it's time. I think I'm like three hours away. I could just bull rush the end. My guys are high enough level. I, you've got a freaking party of like 97 by now, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But I've been playing. I, I can finish that and get back to Cold Steel two, and maybe maybe I'll be ready for Cold Steel three, which I bought this summer when Cold <laughs> Steel four finally arrives for the Switch. I I just buy everything because I collect uh, Falcom stuff. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm still on Cold Steel 1 and I've given up trying to like dig into all the lore and stuff. Because I just like the main story and I don't really want too much more than that. Yeah, because it's it's a really good main story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I played after I did um, Trails in the Sky like two or three years ago. I jumped straight to Cold Steel 1, and those two don't interact very much. I hear it's Cold Steel 3 where you really got to have the background knowledge in, the PhD and other stuff to, quote, get the most out of it. And weird Steam technology from a game game world that doesn't exist. (laughs) Exactly. But no, I've even I've got the Crossbell games on my modded Vita and ah. whatever version of like the summer that they were up to with the fan translations. But now I see those things might have. Yeah, a shot speaking of, of waiting here. and hoping that those uh, that something gets translated. Yep. <laughs> all that of us have a lot a of experience with that. We're all Dragon yeah. Quest fans. We're all everything yep. RPG fans. East fans. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like I don't have enough else to play, you know, if I just decide, you know what, maybe I'll do Cold Seal 2 this year and finish off in the sky and see what 2021 brings us news-wise about Crossbell. I've got three and four. They'll they'll happily sit in their Switch cases until such a time that I'm ready. (laughs) One day. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, Falcon ports to everything, so, you know. One day, someday. I'm just glad that I have to report to everything. Yes, they hire people to port yes. things. Yes, <laughs> I'm just glad. Or that they sometimes bring a East they, 9 they contract out to localizers who then hire things. 
<laughs> what a tangled web. I was going to say, but didn't they say something about one of the reasons that they made the PS4 crossbell update is because they know they could sell it elsewhere, too? Yeah, they have a big uh, Chinese market at this point, which is probably what they were referring to at the time. But You know, and yeah, gosh, those are... Is it the Switch ports that are getting translated into Chinese and Korean? Yeah, yeah. They're they're made by, I think, one of the companies they traditionally partner with in China. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, say, anyone like NIS America, anyone really can get hold of the rights to translate those. None of the... Com- the ports developed by that company have ever shown up in True. Uh, the U.S., which is the thing that gives me pause about the idea that we'll get them. Speaking of pause, she was the one who shot down that idea. <laughs> I saw on Discord a few weeks ago, like, eh, don't go thinking that that means we're automatically getting them. <laughs> yeah, there seems to be like weird, a lot of weird deals around those versions of the games. Uh, like there's weird, like, evolution versions of now, both see, Crossbell and I think Trails there of the are. Sky. And I have the evolution of I, I played the evolution version of second chapter and third because yeah. someone went and ported the translation from the Steam version into the evolution versions. So I, I guess technically I've played fan translated versions of those. In a very strange way. Yep. Uh, and really, I couldn't have cared less if they were PSP versions. I mean, the, the PSP to Vita. Yeah, there's a little bit of nicety there, but it was the speed up function that did it. Yeah. Having that, I just like. I think it's like the left trigger too. It's something very convenient. Just like, mm. okay, let's speed up the spell casting. Boom. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations where it's like these are very strange versions that seem to have some sort of legal mess around. Re- anyone essentially releasing them except their original developer slash publisher who seems to only operate in East Asian markets. Very, very curious. I It would be nice to get them just as a point of comparison. I'm kind of up and down on the changes I've actually seen to them, but they're interesting and they bode poorly for us getting these crossbells. Mm. yeah i i I could see us getting ps4 crossbell yeah but uh, yeah i don't think the switch ones not if they're just that not if they're that version i don't i don't trust it which is sad i would rather play them on switch but oh yes no i i I am not well actually i don't have any because i've done them on my vita i did trails of the sky one two three and cold steel on vita (laughs) yeah i mean those four games alone have i've sunk almost gosh 300 hours into maybe not quite that much the older ones were more 60-hour games, not 100. But I will definitely be playing Cold Steel 60-hour video game. <laughs> I will definitely be playing Cold Steel 2 on my Vita still, and then I'll do yeah, 3 same. and 4 on the Switch. Yeah, I've got the Vita versions, but they uh, are not physically with me, so I have to either wait until they're retrievable or hope they get ported to Switch. Uh, but yeah, weird, weird versions. Uh questionable whether we get them sad <laughs> sadness uh so do we want to cap off with one more question or sure I, I i had one more question there for you guys okay and it's something you could both probably since you've played one or two that you might have an interesting idea on um what's like a dragon quest side entry that they haven't touched yet what, what could they what kind of game could they do hmm. adventure first game. person shooter <laughs> I like my idea better than yours. Yeah. 
No, mine was a joke. You you go on with your say, real idea. It seems idea. like they've already nixed the whole first-person shooting thing with a uh, Dragon Quest XI Definitive Edition. They took <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? <laughs> in the PS4 version, and they were like, well, we're not porting that into the Definitive Edition, and that's not going. it's not being added back for all those other ports. <laughs> nope. It was definitively removed. <laughs> Probably fine. Not Not that compelling. <laughs> no. No, it was not. I didn't enjoy walking into every new canyon and, hey, let me scan the skyline here. Oh, wait, there's a target up there. Finally. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, oh. uh, I'd say an adventure game would be kind of fun. Uh, you know, Japanese-style Portopia Descended. Uh, <laughs> just, just do something with that. I mean, like, you've got, you know, a charming world, a very likable art style, you know, very... It's very easy to add that kind of style to Dragon Quest. And you know what? Set it in the world, uh, set it in a world where I don't have to kill the monsters. There. Now you don't, <laughs> now you can explain where the combat has gone. <laughs> the monsters live at peace with humans, just like the opening to the first Muso game. It still one. hurts me and haunts me to yes, this day. They all live together. I can't believe they took that away from me. I wanted that world. <laughs> uh, I would like to see they've already done like the traditional Truron roguelike I'd like to see some sort of roguelite like m- maybe where you make a character and go through like a procedurally generated world and can there's certain things you can collect and save when you inevitably die and start in a brand new procedurally generated world uh, it feels like there's something I don't really have a concrete idea of what they could do, but I feel like there's probably something there that could be pretty neat. I mean, they're not not opposed to procedurally generated. I mean, you got all those um, Dragon Quest Nine, the grottos, the grottos. Yeah. That was it. And honestly, those grottos were heck. Dragon Quest 3DS had that, where you could uh, combine tablets. I don't know if you've done any of that, Wheels. No, I don't even know if that online functionality is still there, but you could combine tablets and there was lots of monsters that were in Dragon Quest seven that you wouldn't encounter normally unless you went into these online tablets. I will say they were very smallly done because it would be that each one that you would do and then go online and get certain monsters there and find a couple treasure chests. They were all locations from in the game. Um, <laughs> they just reused the background and you'd walk through and there'd be different monsters there. Um, kind of like the bonus dungeon in Dragon Quest Seven. But Dragon Quest Monsters 2 had the key worlds that were basically unlimited. You could do that. I want to say Joker 3 had some sort of disc system with... Uh, I, I never got into it much because I played... Terry's Wonderland and then Joker 3 back to back using Oof. Citra on my computer and like after 100 hours I'm like no I just want to be done with <laughs> monster, monster collecting dual screen on my computer monitor um, yeah that sounds rough just, <laughs> yeah I shouldn't have just done those back to back you know that those are ones you do every 6 months and you're good with it again but um, yeah they had like a disc system where you could make different things by putting different titles together plop the disc in and it would beam you to a virtual reality where there'd be different random monsters and everything. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, they are not opposed to the procedurally generated stuff and Hades Dragon Quest. Not ready yes. for it. World isn't ready for it. <laughs> but it will happen. Hades is really good, y'all. <laughs> One day I'll pick it up. It'll be a 2021 game for me, I think. Oh, yeah, it will be. That That is... It, at some point, the sa- I'll get the email from Nintendo saying that it's on sale. It's on and I'll sale! And I'll be like, you know what? I, I really can't not get it for 10 or 15 bucks. 
Supergiant games routinely go on sale for like five dollars. Give it a give it probably six months. And that's fine. Oh, you know what I picked up the other day? Um mm-hmm. and I think you guys have strong opinions on this. Tales of Vesperia. I have that strong is... opinions that it's not a game worth having strong opinions about. It's a video game. I've it never happened. played a Tales game, and I think I got it for twelve bucks on Switch. It was one of those like eighty-five percent off sales. That's a that's the correct price. Yep, it's uh, it's better if you haven't played all of the other games in the series. At which point you realize that it's just doing the same thing that all of them are doing. Well, see, there we go. I haven't played any of them, so <laughs> you are in a good place for it. It's still going to be way too long. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it, I figure it's something I will probably not finish, but maybe I'll get yeah. twenty hours. You'll of probably get out at of least twenty hours of entertainment yes. out of it. Yeah, I I will lay the tale series out for you real quick. Uh, so you've played lots of Dragon Quest games, which probably mm-hmm. at least decently uh, justify their long length. Tales games do not. <laughs> like, I'll just say, I stumped for a game that I literally said I spent, like, 120 hours on earlier, and I'm saying Tales games are too long, even though there may be half that. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, a very specific like it was kind of too long hours. I'm talking about. Yeah, they just, they just have this issue where they apparently assume their audience needs games a certain length, so they're all just, like, padded out to a ridiculous degree. Like my favorite in the series, Tales of the Abyss. This is something I complain. Have had like three it. major arcs. Yeah, and when you get near the end, it really feels like, okay, can we just wrap this up? I'm going to. I'm running around the world and doing nothing. Like, not even Tales doing of, dungeons. Uh, a, a big, a big one that uh, sparked a lot of the Western fandom. Tales of Symphonia has a section right near the end of the game where you just have to go back to basically all of the dungeons in the game one by one. Oh. And it's just like, oh, please stop, please. I remember, like, uh, Tales of Graces F, when they released that, it's like, Tales of Graces by itself is relatively restrained, and then you get to the F section, and it's like, oh, stop, it's another, like, three quarters of game. Yeah. So you're saying they effed it? But, yeah, yeah, just, well, don't, I... just don't play the F content. It's not yeah. worth it. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a natural end where you can just say, okay. Yeah, like the, the original Grace's ending is a fine place to stop. The fact that they added another like 40 hours of game is not an excuse to play it. Because, oh, Lord. Now, all he had to do was get that game off the Wii where it was a technical mess. Yeah, all you had to do was like add fix the garbage. bugs. Yeah. And like they did, so I mean, just play that part, and then when you get to F, be like, the game is done, and then throw it out the window. (laughs) I I made some posts the other day on my uh, Facebook turn-based group, and I was wondering like how many people did that, like found their own ending, and just was happy with it. This is where I'm done with the game. The game has ended because I have stopped playing it. (laughs) Um, I did that with... uh, Gosh, it wasn't the big one that came out last year. Oh, Atelier Lulua. Lulua? Mm. Um, at one point, it, you know, you're trying to save the world, whatever, JRPG story. And at one point, someone's like, you know what? I can just sacrifice myself and my happiness and this and just go end this right now. I'm free. <laughs> I, you know, I was like 85% through. I was like, eh, it, looked, it was looking like there might be one more chapter or something like that. And I'm like, but no, you know, I've gotten 40 hours out of it. This was fun. It, it is starting to drag here. Um, yes. Go ahead. And you get you get the like 
and so and so went away and I, I can't remember it was like went into the tower and did whatever and i can't remember if they died there or they had to live there eternally and everyone else lived a great life and the world was saved and it was great and i was like you're okay, free I, I got my ending that I was happy i had no emotional attachment to that character sure save me another five to ten hours <laughs> i don't mind i know those games have you know a ridiculous amount of multiple endings anyway i surely was not going for all of them <laughs> Man, my favorite game like that was uh, what the hell was the name of it? Uh, it was a stupid uh, NIS America action RPG dungeon crawler that I was reviewing, and I found out that there's a there's a door in the town that if you walk out of, it rolls credits. <laughs> and I was so frustrated with this game, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna go out the store, and that's it. I'm done. There you go. Video game is over. I saw credits. Yeah. I remember one of, probably my least favorite Tales game, Tales of Legendia, like halfway through, rolls the credits. And I hated it so much that I was just like, oh, game's done. <laughs> and then, like, eventually, like, people were like, no, you got to play the the second half of the game. And I was like, fuck you, I don't. They rolled credits. <laughs> <laughs> if they wanted me to keep playing, they would not have rolled the credits. If they wanted me to keep playing, they would not have produced garbage. Well, then you have Dragon Quest XI, which rolls credits. And and I was like, yes, please give me more. I'm glad exactly. to see there is more. <laughs> I have a simple system. If it rolls credits and I don't feel like I'm done, sure, I'll keep playing. If it rolls credits and I think, fuck you, I'm done here, it doesn't matter what content's after them. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I, I enjoyed Nino Kuni too, but it's got a whole... Have you, either of you played that? No, because I did not enjoy Nino Kuni 1 that much. <laughs> there you go. Fair enough. I only played the intro. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's got a whole city-building thing to it, and you can Uh, recruit... Giorama's back. Yes, yes. Um, It really does hit that kind of, like, Dark Cloud thing. Um, And you can research stuff, and you can... There's... The side quests actually get you... Most side quests. There's, like, 150 side quests, because level 5, that's what they do. Um, But, like, 100 of those side quests get you extra people for the town, and whatever. And I did, I think I did, I got 52 people in my town. And I mean, I pretty easily rolled credits on it, the final boss. And uh, I, I, you know, it's fun. I enjoyed it. I like the combat. But I'm, it, it took 40 hours, and I feel no desire to go back and build that city up to the biggest it could be and get all 100 characters. It's fine. They can't make you. <laughs> no. I mean, I during the game, I would almost every city because you mainly go to like five main kingdoms and have to solve their problem before solving the world problem. And every time that you would finish off a city, there would be three, four five NPCs there, a bunch of side quests. And I would do them. I would probably spend two hours after every place doing side quests and getting a bunch of people and going and kill monster X to get this person an item and whatever. But knowing there's twice as much out, out there, I'm like, no, I'm okay. This was a fun game and it was fun for the time I played it, but I do not want to dislike the game by uh, doubling my time with it or anything. Hmm. It had a good end point. <laughs> or so you say. It had my end point. <laughs> uh, you know, it reminds me of uh, Breath of Fire 4. I found a really good end point for that. <laughs> when my copy sold on eBay for a handsome <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, was it when you put the uh, cartridge in or shipped the disc off? Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, Budai. That's okay. I did um, 
we did a the only re- I think really the only reason I picked up Nino Kuni two and I got it for like sixteen dollars the other day or last month, but we did a slime time side quest and we were going to talk Nino Kunis because um, we had a couple cast members that were really excited and the one guy that we've had on plenty of times is that's his favorite the first one is his favorite game ever, so mm. uh, and my co-host for the side quest he platinumed Nino Kuni two so I'm like wow we got one who played one one who played two. Both of them, like, way more than anybody else has. So I was like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll get two so at least I can talk about it. And really liked it. And the guy who loved one, um, Drippy, if you're out there listening, hey, buddy. Um, he was he, he just was silent about number two because he hated it. He hated it with a vengeance. Oh, wow. <laughs> because mainly it wasn't one. It, it, he loved one so much. Two just didn't live up to that for him. Um and at the end, he's like, and he even messaged us this week on Discord. He's like, fuck you all. I bought the second one <laughs> again because I have a st- he, he's got a save, he says, near the end. And he's like, you guys made it sound so good. I know it wasn't for me, but maybe I can just at least finish it and <laughs> then get rid of the disc. And I really wanted to like one and I will probably finish it at some point. It's such a nice looking game. <laughs> It is. And I'll tell you what, I listened to Phil's episode and Michael was on there really selling people on the DS version. And when that got fan translated almost two years ago, I played, I think, about three quarters of the way through it. And the only reason I didn't go farther is I was playing it on a DS emulator on my phone. Uh... And as much, I guess it's a very good testament to the DS version that I got two thirds of the way through on my phone because, <laughs> oh, God, I don't like playing something on my phone like that. Yeah, but no, thank you. It was fun. And uh, and then when the I got the review code for the Switch version last year, so I was like, well, now this is going to force me to play it. <laughs> and my God, did I hate that battle system. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I could have probably written a 4.5 review easily taking the battle system out, and in my head that dropped at a whole point for me. I gave it a 3.5. Yikes. Because, yes, it was beautiful, and it was level 5 at its height, and but god damn, that battle system could not pick what it wanted to be. Yeah. And the AI was so bad. So bad. Nirokuni is legitimately one of the worst, like, combat systems I've ever played. <laughs> it's amazing how many tried and tested ideas and experienced developers you can put on something and still fail on that level yeah yeah it's it stinks we never got the ds version too because it's such a nice package because you get a physical copy of like the spell book Mm -hmm. hey here's our drm yeah and it's it's just it's the best DRM ever because it's just so cool like i think i I think i got it on like us amazon for like 20 bucks and or some crazy deal like that and it was just very cool you're very cool. Thank Sorry, you. I don't, I don't have a further <laughs> statement. I just wanted something that sounded like an insult but wasn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I think we're just about out. Yeah. And um, for anyone that did not watch the stream at all, uh, Demon Souls remake is still not great. <laughs> It's very pretty looking. I mean, it's very pretty. And it is pretty. I'm, I'm actually watching you here. I got my phone yeah. next to the PC, and I'm seeing you glowing, running around, <laughs> and dying. I'm not huge on their interpretations of the actual art design, but I'm not exactly wedded to the original art design either. Yeah, but 
I don't know. It's still, it just looks like Demon's Souls, and I don't like Demon's Souls. So. I mean, I, I found it to be okay. It's just... it's yeah, those like big a, slimes with shields? I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> They're very slimy-looking okay. shields. It's, it was, it's the starter template for much better games that came after it. Um, yeah. But when I saw they were going to do a remake, I was hoping for a lot more to be remade instead of just like it's a shot for mechanics shot. are the things that need to be fixed and they yeah. didn't do that instead they kept the mechanics as close as possible and redid yeah. all the art <laughs> like i got to the first boss which is just a mass of those slime things and yeah. you can, can just throw fire bombs at it until it's dead it's like that boss is such okay. a like confused design because like if you have fire bombs to throw at it, it's very easy. But if you're a new player and wasted your fire bombs, it's a giant pain in the ass. Yeah, it, it it's not great. Like the bosses are a major part of Souls games. For anyone that's played them, should know. It's time to one... fight the armor spider by throwing things down a hallway. And the ones in this are just a bizarre mess of garbage. <laughs> and except for the the two gargoyles, which. Dark Souls did better, but... And then eventually ran into the ground because they kept doing that fight. Yes. Remember when they did that in Dark Souls 2 again? Yeah. I forget if they did that in 3. It was a neat idea the first two times, okay? You weren't expecting it to come back the second time. The first time it's like, oh, it's crazy. The second time it's like, oh, they did it again. I I didn't think they'd do it again. Then by the third time it's like, oh my god, please stop. Yeah. (laughs) But that's like the the only really cool boss in this game because everything else is just like oh this is i can just stand up here and chuck magic at this thing this is boring and there's a boss there's a giant manta ray you have to fight in the sky with essentially a laser sword that i went places <laughs> i swear to i swear to you that is an absolutely an accurate dis- description of that boss <laughs> that is not an exaggeration i think so there's 61 it's it, i remember playing the original and doing that boss and thinking it was like this, one of the stupidest things I'd ever seen. <laughs> like this, I, I know this game has fans, but God, this it's this game is just a weird jumble of weirdness, and it, it's it doesn't even have like the cool Metroidvania-ish nature that the later series have. It's it's basically like levels, so. You don't even have that. It's just a weird, weird game. And I'm not saying there aren't cool things in the game. There's a lot of cool things, like the level where you're basically going through a prison full of mind flares, which is really cool. Um, But then you get to the end of that level and you fight like a bunch of weird ghosts in a church or something. (laughs) This is a weird weird game. And that's probably what attracted people to it to begin with. But um, yeah, they got much better at making these games after this one. (sighs) You you had your chance to update it. The only thing you did was add one new door. Yeah. (laughs) Is there a better remake behind that door? (laughs) No, it's just a new set of armor. It's the penetrator armor, apparently. Eh. Don't care. Like they like people just spent like three days trying desperately to work out how to get through this door, and it turned out to be find a bunch of coins that only spawn with specific world tendency. World tendency is a bad system that shouldn't have existed, by the way. Yeah, um, I don't care about that. 
the the they spawn only at like pure white or pure black world tendency and like if oh, you God. if you get them uh if you get like 30 of them and then give them to a crow it gives you a key and like people spend forever trying to work out how to use these coins by virtue of the fact that they are the only new items they added <laughs> But yeah, apparently 30 of them, and then you give them to a crow, and then it gives you a key, and you open the door, and hey, it's the penetrator armor at the end. Yay. Seems worth it. It's weird, because they seem to have spent a lot of time trying to make sure that you couldn't gimmick your way around the door. Thanks, I hate it. Like, they, one of the things they did was that, like, techniques that, from the original game, that allowed you to duplicate items that still work in this game, because they're things like drop item from one character to another and then like disconnect and that sort of thing they don't work on that item in particular uh yeah one one thing i just noticed that i forgot this was even in the first game because they ditched it quickly is like in dark souls you basically have unlimited inventory you can basically pick everything up and your actual like item your your item weight is based on what you have equipped yeah which is the same here but you have limited inventory space. Yeah. Which is still in this remake. It will which is really dump annoying. things back into your... It will dump at least some items back into like an infinite uh, space in the Nexus, I think. But I don't know what the criteria are behind that. I just read about it. Yeah. Well, there is... And there's... So what you have to do is to go to this, this storage guy in the Nexus and dump your excess stuff there. But it's... I, I like don't why? Understand. Why, why even why? do that? Like you already fixed. <sighs> you fixed this, was... this problem, but in the stupidest way possible. <laughs> but there was already a fix for this in the spiritual succession to this game. And, and even then, like the thing you've done doesn't actually change the game basically at all. Right. Like you could have just, if you had just implemented it the way that they did in Dark Souls, it wouldn't the game at all. Yeah. You added an extra step. Like I. Listen, I understand remakes are a tricky business because you're dealing with something that, that are kind of cherished. But if you're going to change a lot of things on any of these games, this is the one to do it because it's probably the one played by the least people that are fans of these sorts of games. It's because... played by the least people and like even the people that love it the most usually acknowledge that mechanically it's the worst. Yeah. Like, great. You're showing off the power of the PS5, but you could have made something really special out of this and it's profoundly disappointing to be honest i mean i'm st- i'll still play it because i, I hate myself i guess <laughs> but long documented well yes. known uh but i mean like i said there's still cool things in these games and i want to see in this game and i want to see how that those look in the remake but it just uh, man what a miss up opportunity you died <sighs> Yes. You tried. That was, that was the best uh, mod for Dark Souls when it hit the PC. It was just adding that little, like, replacing you died with you tried. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend uh, anyone who ever plays on PC install that mod. It makes the game feel much more encouraging. There we go. There's a good idea for a Dragon Quest spinoff. Make a Souls-like. No! <laughs> Get murdered by a smiling slime. And then have that you died text flash on the screen. <laughs> the little bouncing slime laughing at you. <laughs> That'd be Don't. <laughs> at least the bloating's a lot better this time. That's one of the things I'll give them. 
that was yeah. important. Waiting for a Souls game to load back up is disheartening. <laughs> I, I won't even give them that because that's just that's just that's just the hardware. Yeah, that's just the hardware. That's nothing they did. I wonder if Bloodborne loads faster on the PS5. Who cares? Uh, sorry, yeah, I care. <laughs> yes, I I will readily admit that Bloodborne is a very good game that just doesn't jive with the way I like to play the that the the series of games. You gotta play you some go. Dark Three. Gotta play some more Dark Three. Well, now that you told me that thing with the the MP regeneration, I need to try that because then I can throw down some whizbiz. Whizbiz is disgusting. Uh, You're wrong. I'm correct, and you're too cowardly to admit it. But, yeah. Uh, oh, that is a very pretty waterfall. I do love waterfalls. Oh, f- oh fucking dragon. <laughs> okay, let's wrap this up. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, check out uh, Gaijin's books on Amazon Kindle. Uh you should also leave questions in the questions zone if you are a Q&A quest listener, or even if you decide that you just want to yell questions at us. We'll answer them, even if you never find out. Uh, they go in the <laughs> comments section on this episode on RP Gamer, or they go in the RP Gamer Discord under podcasts. Tell us what you need to plug, Dr. Slime Time. And if you're listening this long, uh, you're probably a Slime Time listener. Um, so, or if not, if you're a Q&A listener and you've just heard me a couple times on here, check out Dragon Quest Slime Time, DQ Slime Time. Uh, we're on Twitter and we're also wherever you download podcasts. Um, you can find us, subscribe to us like on everything because it gets pushed everywhere. Podcasts are Wherever very good nicely. times are had. Yes. Heck, I use one that I don't think I've ever heard anybody else use. I use one called Podcast Addict. I and... use that, sir. Oh, do you? Okay. Yes. I even bought the paid version. I did too because I didn't want to lose my user statistics if I update a phone or something. I loved looking at that. Apparently, I've listened to 42, 42 days worth of podcasts in the past two oh, years. My. Oh, my God. Oh, that's horrifying. <laughs> uh, I'm like, geez, that's. That's almost like one out of every 10 days, completely podcast. I probably but. did too until I no longer had a commute. <laughs> well, this year, it I will say, ever since September, it's gone down now that my son rides to school with me. So it's like, mm. yeah. Sometimes I just hand him the iPad and say, here, play Minecraft. I'm going to listen to a podcast. <laughs> so, yes, Dragon Quest Slime Time. Look for us wherever podcasts are had. Yes. They don't accept questions, but they're worth listening to. Uh, we would accept and, questions, but we, we might not. They don't accept them. questions from <laughs> us. And in the spirit of your partner telling us we should promote things at the end of the show in vain hope of getting paid for promotion, buy Yakuza, available now. Yakuza Like a Dragon, available now for your PS4, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X or S, and PS5 next year, uh, next year at some point. Yeah, and it's also out on PC. Please purchase and support future dubbing of the series. Pop a poplar in your mouth when you go to fishy jars. Where they come it, from is a mystery. What they're made of, no one knows. You can chew them, you can stick them, you can lick them, you can eat them. If you promise not to sit with you, can shove one up your nose. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been thinking about Futurama a lot recently. Uh, it's always good to think about Futurama. Watching Futurama, the show that does not advocate the cool crime of robbery. (laughs) 
Uh, okay, so, yes. That... You should rob everything. Go into people's houses, open their drawers. Now go into people's houses and wreck up the place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough. See ya, Space Cowboys. See ya. Have a good one. For joining us. Thank you so much. Some stuff you might have noticed uh, is that the only time we ever mention Patreon on our episodes are when we say we don't use Patreon. We're just longtime fans that want to speak about the game series we know and love so much. If you do have any money you would like to donate, consider sliding on over to the Dragon's Den at www.wudus.com den. Click on support this site. Wudus has owned and maintained the Dragon's Den site for over 20 years. I'm sure he'd appreciate any donation. You can use his Amazon affiliate links to make any purchases. Um, you can order Dragon Quest 11s. You can order the Dragon Quest Monsters Plus books there. Um, and a small fraction of the sale will go to support the den. And if you're looking, if you're an advertiser and you're looking for a great podcast to spend lots of ad revenue on, reach out to us at <laughs> slimetimepodcast at gmail.com. If you have any comments or questions for us, you can find us on Twitter at platym 3 or at RealmuCelestrian or hit us up both simultaneously at DQ Slime Time. Consider joining in tons of DQ discussions at the Dragon's Den forums. Uh, we're one of the, more, the few remaining uh, Dragon Quest forums. I think probably the only Dragon Quest forums still around. Um, you can find it from the Dragon's Den main page or at www.wudis.com slash forums. I'm always there crazily posting about stuff. Um, whatever's going on, whatever I'm playing, whatever we see, the die stuff or uh, fan translations, whatever's coming out. Um, we'd love to always thank everybody who makes this podcast possible, like uh, Brian, a.k.a. Woodis, for his support of the series and this podcast and for keeping the Dragon's Den's lights on for decades now. And thanks to Amanda Laprie and the Descendants of Verdric for allowing us to use their music for our podcast. Uh, Descendants of Verdric is a video game co- tribute band from Austin, Texas. Check them out in their most recent album, Advent, at uh, www.descendantsofverdric.com or on Twitter at D of Erdrich. And check out their uh, band leader, Amanda Laprie, on Twitch. Always thanks to Dwayne Bullock, our wonderful graphic artist slash Dragon Quest fan, for making the awesome artwork cover for this podcast. Dwayne was on the original iteration of Slime Time podcast way back up then um and he's been on other episodes as well you can check out more of his work at Dwayne art on instagram or check out his website at dwaynebullockart.bigcartel.com and if you're looking for more dragon quest slime time check out our earlier episodes on dragon's den anchor fm itunes spotify youtube and more bye everyone dragon quest slime time sliming off 